0: Welcome to the Renovate Church sermon podcast. At Renovate Church, we are passionate about teaching God's Word in such a way that you really get to know the heart and character of God, and where you can apply the truth of Scripture to every aspect of living. We believe that God's Word is relevant and has the power to transform your life. We're excited for this most recent sermon, and we hope it blesses and encourages you. So, how many of you guys know who John Doerr is from Kleiner Perkins? Most of us have probably never heard his name. Many regard John as the greatest venture capitalist who has ever lived. He's the man behind such startups as Sun Microsystems, Compaq, Intuit, Amazon, AOL, and Google. He's the venture capitalist who got behind those enterprises and made them work. He was asked in an interview one time what he looks for when he's deciding where to make his bets and investments. Do you know what he said? Relationships. He said, I bet on relationships, people, and teams. Some people would say they would bet on leaders. But it's not just leaders and it's not just people, but it's how these people work together in relationships. Because the one thing you know for sure when you go into a new venture capital deal is that you're going to face challenges. You're going to have problems. So you have to ask yourself, are these the people that you want to face problems with. John Doerr understood this principle of the importance of relationships and putting emphasis on them. The greatest financial economic gambler of all time says everything boils down to relationships. In the West, we tend to see problems that need to be fixed. In the east they say no. A problem is actually the solution. Is people. People are the solution. In Jesus' great high priestly prayer in John 17. He gave us a window. Into the most important and critical things in life. Relationships. This was his most Famous prayer, he's getting ready to go to the cross, he's getting ready to leave. Look at these two important things that Jesus prayed at the end of his life and ministry. He said in John seventeen three, this is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So this is eternal life, that you actually know God. And have a relationship with him. It's not a transaction. It's not a, I cross a T, dot an I, walk in that. No, 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 no. It's it's a relationship. Eternal life is, is a relationship with God. Jesus said in John 17, 20 through 21, my prayer is not for them alone, the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. In short, our relationship with God, our relationship with our family, and our relationship with those around us dramatically affects the quality of our lives. It's been said that all of life truly boils down to the quality of your relationships. That's why we want to spend a significant amount of time this summer on a series we're calling Glue. Glue. Because God wants us to have stickiness with our relationship with Him. And He wants us to have stickiness with one another. As we navigate through this life and its ups and downs and hardships. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Just going to look at a brief few passages of scripture from the Apostle Paul. Starting in verse 3, Paul says this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. What Paul is saying here is so profound. He lists here this language that he uses, that you see him using over, it's relational language. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's an intimate, it's an intimate language that he's using because Many people, when Jesus came, God was, was, was not attainable. God was, you, you really couldn't have a relationship with him. Jesus comes and uses this personal language, like this intimate language. Like when he's teaching the disciples how to pray, he says, pray in this way. Our Father who art in heaven. That is a way different intimacy than just the big man upstairs. That I kind of know something about. So Paul says, Praise be to the God and Father, brother, the Father of compassion. This is profound in what he's saying because, again, many times we think of God as somebody who is always unhappy with us. God is always frustrated. God is always judging us. Paul uses this language here, he calls him the actual origin and father of compassion. Come on. I'll never forget. My dad. How many different times, I remember when I was nine years old playing peewee football, and I returned a punt one time, and I got tackled, and I landed on the ball, and the, the uh, breath just came out of me and I'm laying there and I can't breathe you know and I'm fear is taking me over and I mean you know and all of a sudden I look up and I see my dad's calm face and he just says you're gonna be okay and all of a sudden this peace just came over me I remember failing greatly at things and my dad, I remember making a huge mistake in my life one time, and I ended up running, my mom and dad lived about a mile apart, because they were divorced. And I remember running back to my mom's house, and I'm like, I can't go back, because and, 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 I'm going to get punished. And I remember going back, and I, my mom said, you have to go back, because I'd done something really bad <laughs> and destructive. And I remember walking into my dad's house, kind of like this, and and my dad showing me he came over and hugged me and showing me incredible mercy and compassion. I didn't I didn't expect it. The Bible says in Hebrews that we can boldly approach the throne of grace in our time of need. So Paul uses this language, the father of compassion. And the God of not just comfort, the God of all comfort. This is powerful. The God of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles so we can comfort those. Now Paul's going to hear in a minute, we're going to look at it. Paul's going to get into some real challenges that he was facing and why he needed this glue because guys, all of us ultimately put our chips and we put our trust and we put our dependence on something or someone. There's a resource that we are ultimately leaning into. It could be our job, our bank account, our physical ability, something. And all those, God is gonna say, those are those are wonderful, but they're, they're not durable. And Paul's going to hit some incredibly hard times we're going to see here. And he's going to need glue. He's going to need this when he's in a prison. At the bottom of a prison. Wondering why he's there and if he's going to live. Alone and isolated. Yet he's singing praise songs in prison. Because he's got a strength and a relationship with the living God it transcends a jail cell look at what he goes on to say if we are distressed it's for your comfort and salvation if we are comforted it's for your comfort which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer and our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings So, also you share in our comfort. Now, Paul's gonna get really real and he's gonna get really vulnerable right here. He's gonna say, guys, my life is incredibly difficult right now. Look at what he says. This is powerful. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters. About the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure. Another translation says under incredible pressure. Come on. Anybody out here today have pressure that they're going through in life? Come on. There's... Pressure everywhere. There's economic pressure. There's job performance. There's children. There's relationships. There's, there's cultural pressures. There's all this stuff. Paul says, we were under great pressure. Far beyond our ability to endure. So that we despaired of life itself. The Apostle Paul who had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus personally met the risen Jesus, got knocked off of his horse, had a personal dialogue with Jesus, is saying here that he's even despairing of life. Come on. The pressure was so great on Paul. He's, he's thinking about calling it quits. So that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. Man, if anybody needed glue. (laughs) It was the Apostle Paul. As Donnie said, we don't know what's going to hit us in life. If you read through the book of Acts, you'll see the Apostle Paul and all the different nuances to his journey from Acts chapter 9 when he, encou- he was killing Christians and he encounters Jesus and his life changes and all the way through the, the rest of the book of Acts, you'll see these things and here's Paul Essentially saying that what got me through the challenges. I mean, read Paul's writings later in Second Corinthians. It's, it's this incredibly vulnerable book. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says like, hey, I was like beaten with rods. I was shipwrecked a day and night in the sea. I was actually killed and brought back to life. I was beaten with 39 lashes. I mean, Paul, Paul said, like, I went, I went through it. But if you go in the book of Acts and you see Paul's journey, you're going to see a really cool thing. That at every juncture where Paul was going through hardship or he was about to go through difficulty or he was about to go into prison, you see red words show up. Jesus there with him. We don't have to go through life alone. We have a God who cares, a God who is accessible, a God that can we can cast our cares upon him for he cares for us. This is the we don't but what we do is we think, "Oh, he's our last resort." No, will In our own resource, we'll do this and this and this and this, and then we run out of resource, and we go, okay, let's go. No, God says he'll share our burdens with us. It's a scripture in Proverbs It says, there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. This is God. Paul goes on to say, but this happened. Everything that they're going through, That we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Guys, real simple. The Apostle Paul was sharing about real pressures and hardships that he was going through that all of us will go through, but also about the glue that held him together. He says, glue number one is the continual strength and comfort he received from God himself through Christ this isn't just a a concept God isn't just a concept a nice idea he's personal we we can know him come on it's just I say this all the time you always remember those who are with you in your most difficult moments there's something about presence. There's something about when I was sitting in the hospital bed in Columbus, Ohio after my knee surgery and the doctor said, you'll never play again. It was something about the teammates who came and visited me. It was something about the alumni who came and brought me McDonald's because the hospital food was terrible. And he came and he said, are you, are you hungry? I said, yeah, I am. He said, there's a Monday night game on tonight you want me to get you some McDonald's? I said, yeah. And he came and he brought me McDonald's and I woofed that Big Mac down and, those, and that Diet Coke never tasted better. Those fries. And we watched the game and he just sat with me for four or five hours and as he was leaving, Pete Hood is his name, and he said, you're going to be okay. It was my parents sitting in that. It was presents. Paul's talking about presence here. That God dwells with us. God will walk through with us. This was the glue. And then he says glue number two is the strength he received from those around him. Paul didn't try to just do this on his own. Come on. We, every one of us, have people that we need To walk with us through difficulty. God never designed for us to be completely bearing all the burdens on our own. We're we're not called to be independent. We're not called to be codependent. We're called to be interdependent. And then Paul says, third glue was the purpose he found in his trials that would allow him to minister grace, compassion, and comfort to others. If you read through the scriptures that I just said, you'll see that theme where Paul says, Hey, listen, I went through difficulty. God met me with grace, and God met me with compassion, and God met me with comfort, right? And then guess what? I got to turn around and minister that grace and strength and comfort to others who were going through the very same thing. There was a purpose to his pain and a purpose to his trials. It wasn't just random. Come on. There are so many things that I've I've seen where... We'll be sitting down to talk to somebody about marriage. And they'll go, well, we feel almost embarrassed to, to share this. We, we've gone through a really hard time. And we'll go, us too. Us too. We're not perfect. Well, you've probably never. Oh, yeah. You've probably never. You have the perfect family. Uh-uh. Let me tell you about Times of great difficulty we went through and hardship and disappointment and how God met us and, 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 and drove us more to Him and deepened our relationship and our trust and our reliance and dependence on Him. Because ultimately, guys, trials will drive you. Paul's saying here that we would not rely upon ourselves but upon God. Trials ultimately will drive us To deepen our relationship with God, or they'll drive us into despair or bitterness when we go through things. Paul is saying here, guys, there's a strength. Here's here's the thing if you know Paul's backstory, Paul was one of the most accomplished, self reliant people on the planet. The Apostle Paul had the audacity in Scripture to say, according to the Old Testament law, I was blameless. Said, a Hebrew of Hebrews. Born this, studied under Gamaliel. Da, 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 of Paul was at the place before he met Jesus, where he said, "I don't need anyone or anything. <laughs> uh-uh. I'm smart. I'm accomplished. I have stature. Uh, I'm living this thing." And all of a sudden, Paul met Jesus, and Paul said at a later point in Scripture. According to the external, I was blameless. But in my heart, I was a wreck. I needed grace. I needed mercy. I needed forgiveness. I needed this. This is the one of the most self-reliant people. We live in Texas. I don't need God uh-uh, I'm smart. I got money. I got a good job. I got a good. I don't need God. Here's the thing. At some point in time, the natural resource will run out. The natural resource will run out. And then, where do you find your strength? Where do you find your strength when your body breaks down? Where do you find yourself when all of a sudden you go through a deep financial hardship? You're going to need something outside of that. Paul's saying it's there, it's available. But Paul, Himself and say, Lord, I need you, I can't do this all on my own, as soon as he did, God's grace is there. You will hit something in life, I'm telling you. It could be in high school, it could be in college, it could be in when you're early married, Family, kids. I'll tell you what drove me to my knees. Three kids. I'm being honest. I told people all the time 25% of the selfishness got knocked out of me in marriage. I've said this from the pulpit. We were married a month, and I went into the restroom in Houston, Texas, and I literally had an anxiety attack, a panic attack. And I said to myself, I can't keep this up. I can't keep living perfectly. And God showed me a person on a treadmill. And it said 60. And it was on 11 miles an hour. And I said, God, I can't run 60 minutes at 11? He goes, no, bro, 60 years. I can't do this. He said, you're right. In your own strength, you can't do this. Every day, lean into me. Even as the Apostle Paul said, right? God said, in your weakness, my strength is perfected. And then we started having kids. And 74.8% of the other selfishness got dealt with there were so many times I hit my D's going I can't do this and as soon as I did God I can't get through this as soon as I did humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and in due time he would God exalts the humble he gives he gives grace to the humble he exalts he what pulls down the proud as soon as I said God I need you. Grace. God, I need you today with these kids at Discovery Zone. Grace. God, I need you for the... (laughs) Grace. This is what Paul's saying here. These things have happened so that ultimately we wouldn't depend on ourselves, but depend on him. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. Thank you that you're there. I think of the great writer C.S. Lewis who fought against coming to you for years and he said in one of his great books, imagine the humility of God accepting a person like me as he pulls me into his goodness and into his kingdom with eyes darting to and fro, kicking and punching, not wanting to go with him. (laughs) Oh, the humility of God to accept one like me who didn't even want to come. God, thank you for how you pursue us how you love us. God, thank you for, Lord, as we go through hardship and difficulty, we can lean into you and your unlimited resources. Thank you for that. It's in your name we pray in Jesus' name. Hey, we are so glad that you joined us for our service this morning if you are interested in learning about how you can start a relationship with Jesus we would love to be here to talk that through with you the Bible says in 1 John five twelve that whoever has the son has life and we really believe that here at Renovate so again if you want to start a relationship with Jesus if you're just interested in learning more about the faith you have questions we'd love to hear from you as well or if you want to grow as a follower of Jesus or get more involved in what we're doing we'd love to hear from you so just go ahead and comment on the platform that you're at or reach out to us by email at info at renovatechurch.com again we're so glad you're able to join us we hope you have a great week and we look forward to hearing from you soon